Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yellow. Triple negative breast cancer accounts for 10 to 15% of all breast cancers. The American Cancer Society says triple negative breast cancer refers to the fact that the cancer cells don't have estrogen or progesterone receptors and also don't make too much of the protein HER2. The cells test negative on all three tests. We interviewed a woman a few weeks ago who had triple negative breast cancer in one breast and hormone-driven cancer in the other. Today, our guest is Carmen Tui from Connecticut, who was told she had stage 2 triple negative breast cancer. In fact, it was two years ago today. Carmen, I'll bet that doctor visit two years ago today is etched indelibly in your mind. Tell us about it. Oh, forever. It was, I was supposed to grab one last gift and I got the call and from there your world comes crumbling down and you're devastated and you're numb for weeks and and uh, then you have to, have to decide whether you're going to go to war or not. You have to make, I think that's the probably the best, um, that's probably the, that point you have to decide what you're going to do, if you're going to go to war or not. When, uh, when prior to the visit, did you suspect you may have breast cancer? I I didn't know what to think. I've always been healthy. Well, we, I I did Ironmans, I did ultra marathons, I eat healthy, and the, the two years prior to my diagnosis, I I could probably say I saw it coming. I I could say I probably caused it to myself. Not not that not that I caused the cancer, but but because of my BRCA one mutation positive status. I had a high percent of getting breast cancer. It was 84% breast, 40% ovarian. But my lifestyle sort of pulled the trigger, right? So I had a loaded gun and my lifestyle pulled the trigger. And I was going out to eat, eating the standard American diet, drinking way too much, partying way too much, gained the extra pounds. And I ended up with uh, with cancer. And we, we found it by, by luck, really. Um, I went to, I had a, miscarriage it was five months after I was married and during the miscarriage uh, I had to have a DNC because I kept bleeding for 12 days straight and the follow-up to that was two weeks later which landed me about mid-November 2018 where I left the office I thought we were okay the checkup's done they said okay you're kind of you know you're 39 hurry up and try to get pregnant again in two months so we left and I remembered Oh, I, you know, we hadn't checked my breast. It'd been a while since I, they've, they've checked them. We ha- I had a lump that I had biopsied every few years. And and it just been three years. And I said, oh, let me just go back in, have her check it out. And she checked it out. And she found that lump. I did not feel myself three months earlier. Because I'm not, you know, women, are not, we're not good about checking our breast. So I went and I, 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 and I hadn't felt it three months ago. So I was kind of, I was very concerned. But the earliest time I can get an ultrasound or anything was a month later. And a month later, landed me to biopsy five days later, and five days later, uh, or two days later, was when I got the call, and that was Christmas Eve, that it was, in fact, um, um, invasive ductal carcinoma is what they called it. And days later, I found out it was triple negative. Days later, I found out 
um, the staging and that I was BRCA positive. Uh, we went through a month of endocrinology where no no uh, embryos made it to blasphemy. And I don't know, for those who've been through it, it's, it's daily shots. It's almost daily ultrasounds. It's a lot of sort of an assault to your body just going through that process in itself. Um, but by this point, I was already, by January 15th, I was, had started RSO, CBD, and THCA crystals. But by January 1st, I started diet. And uh, it took me a while to ramp up on the RSO. Uh, I was, I'm very sensitive to it. I never did get up to the full gram. I got to the 0.75 grams. Uh, but I responded very well. And, and I, I, I just, um, my only regret is not waiting two more weeks. I didn't know that, uh, that, that if RSO was going to work on your cancer, you would have seen sh- uh, shrinkage around week five or six after starting the medicine. Uh, but around that time, week four is when I started chemo. Um, I had a lot, a lot of incredible pressure from my family. Uh, we just, we, we buried um, ourselves, uh, my, my husband's best man's wife, to the same exact cancer. She was only half a stage ahead of me. She did all the treatments that I was told I was supposed to do. And I knew in my heart and my body and my bones that it wasn't going to be enough um, because of the high recurrence rate and even the, the even the, they even tell you new adjuvant chemo doesn't really work or it works to a certain extent. Um, so I knew how to do more, and we kept. That's when we started looking, and we found we just you keep you keep seeing that alternative medicine. You keep seeing cannabis and and cancer. So we were like, okay, well, what does that mean? So we started finding videos and started digging some more, and and I ended up connecting with a woman named Pauline from Massachusetts, and we sourced it from there, and. And it helped me. It, it just, it saved me get through chemo. It saved me. I, I threw up a total of two times. Um, but my, I could tell you my, uh, I had no mouth sores. I had no diarrhea, no constipation. I ate every single day. I slept eight hours every single night. I was happy. I never got gray. I never, I mean, I did lose all my hair. Um, and my oncologist was against it. And I said to her, I said, listen here, lady, if it helps me sleep only eight hours a night and that's all it does for me, then I'm going to do cannabis. Months later, she did change her tune, and she said she'd look into it herself. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I, I don't know that I've totally convinced her, but I keep going to see her every six months because I need her to see this. I need her to see how well I'm doing. And she's a Sloan Kettering doctor who doesn't believe in cannabis. But maybe one day I'll change her mind. Boy, it sounds like a really turbulent uh, time for you, at least emotionally what you went oh, through. Oh, it still is. You still, still is, yeah. Um, you, I mean, you still, I think, I think when you're so young and you get that shocking news, um, you deal with, you definitely deal with uh, like sort of PTSD or it's not really depression. It's like more like PTSD, but I wasn't willing to go to a psychiatrist and get diagnosed and get, and get prescribed more pharm- pharmaceutical medicines that I know wasn't going to work. So I just, I just, again, turned to medical cannabis and today I do nothing but medical cannabis and diet. I take no other pills, no other supplements, no herbs of any kind. It just to keep very natural, healthy, organic, um, low-fat, vegan lifestyle and, and cannabis. <laughs> That's it. And everyone's shocked how well I'm doing, even with the PTSD. Do you, but I wanted what I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Ian. No, I was just going to say, uh, it, it's interesting that uh, what you said initially is that you didn't get up to a gram a day. You got three quarters of a gram a day, roughly. And uh, Corey uh, never got up to a gram a day. Yes, either. I know. Corey got up to 0.75 grams of the, uh, of, of, the, of the gram as well. 
Yeah, I've had people clear on less as well. Um, and some people it takes more. But, you know, I am curious, Carmen, as to what you said about if you're not seeing results in five weeks with uh, cannabis oil, then it's not going to work. This is the first I'm hearing of this. And mm -hmm. I've got to tell you that we're all individuals and some yes. people take longer to respond for a bear, you know, for a variety of number of reasons. They could be, uh, often people come to me when they've been chemoed and radiated to death and um, got yeah. put on the Hail Mary pass sort of thing. Um, that takes them a lot longer to reverse it than somebody who's got a healthy lifestyle like yourself and, um, you know, ha hasn't done a crap load of um, other treatment that's, you know, ravished their body. I agree. I think there's a lot to be said for there. People who have gone through a lot, who are extra sick or if they're whatever, if they've got underlying issues going on, it does take a little longer. I have a friend now who we convinced her to do it after 30 years of chemo. Uh, she's been told three, twice that she was going to six months left to live. And I, we pushed her. My husband and I pushed her to try it. She was trying it because she was still growing tumors while on treatment on conventional treatment. Mm -hmm. And now she's refusing chemo because the cannabis is shrinking all her nine tumors, brain, back, hip. Um, and it, it's working and she's now refusing chemo because the cannabis is working. And it's going, it's working for her at a very slow rate, but you're right. It is working because she's a very severe sick case, mm -hmm. and, but it is working at a slow place. And, and that's, that's sure. progress, right? Yeah, it is progress. And, you know, that it's just every, we're all different. Um, yes. And, you know, I'm always very careful to tell people, you know, this whole 60 grams in 90 days thing is just a guideline. Right. And, I did mine in about five months. Right. I, I got through okay, yeah. five months. Yeah. So 60 grams of what? An oil that's like 98.4% THC, plant oil, CBD, you know, it's, it's, we're, how many cannabinoid receptors does that person have? So it's, I think it's very individual, but uh, mm -hmm. can I ask you, did you do yeah. it all orally, Carmen, or did you do suppositories as well? Uh, all of it. So initially I started with suppositories and orally, and I found that I was way too high to work. So has, I had to go to suppositories and uh, or I was doing CBD and the THC crystals orally. And it was about 75% THC. Um, and, the, and now I'm on the maintenance though. So drop a drop or two a day of all of it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what's so, the status of your, your cancer today? I'm cancer free. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes. Uh, I, yes. I'm very, very lucky to be here. I'm very lucky to be as healthy as I am. I go to all my regular doctors. They want me to remove my, uh, uh the fallopian tube so I don't get cancer there. But I figured if I stick to cannabis and a healthy, low fat, uh, plant-based lifestyle and I try to reduce my stress as much as I can. I don't need to remove them. I'm very young. I'm 41 now and I kind of need those things <laughs> to have a healthy, healthy mm -hmm. marriage or, you know, healthy lifestyle. Um, a healthy menopause. Healthy menopause. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so um, would, would you be doing it three times a day when you were actively fighting this, Carmen? Uh, no, because I worked, so I would only do it at night. Uh, and I knew once I, I did this suppository, because uh, I, I, I got to the point where, I mean, you, you know, Corey, you fill up that capsule with 0.75 grams 
of oil, it's going to fill up the whole thing. And so by the time it goes into your system, it, for me, I, I found that it was a little faster, like more like 30 minutes, yeah, 25 minutes or so. Yes, and I would melt. Actually. Yeah, I would melt into bed. <laughs> it was, <laughs> the funniest moment I had was uh, I I was melted into bed, my face down, and I had and my light was on, my lamp, my lamp. And my husband asked me if I was going to turn it off. And all I had to do was roll over, reach out with my hand and, you know, turn it off. And I couldn't do that. <laughs> I just said, no, I'm just going to lay here. You do it. <laughs> God, that reminds me. So there was, uh, you know, cannabis provided a lot of laughter as well. It, it was, it was nice. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the very first time I took it. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I took some, and about an hour later, I said to my wife, I said, this doesn't seem to be working. I'm going to take some more. Well, and what did Corey tell you prior to that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and so I was in bed in the middle of the night. Uh, I felt as though I had to get up and pee, and I thought, I can't get up. <laughs> you know, and I just laid there, and I thought, how do I get up? <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, there are some funny moments. We've never talked about the funny moments on cannabis, but uh, you related a, a humorous moment there, and uh, I think one of the things about cannabis is that, and the doctors never tell you this. Nobody has ever died taking cannabis. Nobody. Yes, they don't tell you. All they say because I did approach my doctors with this in the beginning. Um, now. What I always tell people is don't give the power to your doctors. You, you are, you're their job. They're not going to worry about you because they have their own worries in life. They're not going to be concerned for certain things about you. You have to be your own advocate. You have to advocate. You have to ask why. You have to know and you have to study. And you, have to, I, I, you have to download yourself with a wealth of information because you're just walking into a cancer center for the first time and you don't know what's going on. You have to educate yourself. And you're um, just a number. You're just a number. You are just a number. I ended up getting an extra round of chemo I shouldn't have gotten. I ended up getting a, um, a radioactive mammo seed implanted when I shouldn't have gotten it. Now, my breast surgeon did apologize, and that's all I really wanted is an apology. We're all human. We're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Apologize, and let's move on. Um, where my oncologist didn't apologize for the extra chemo. Uh, but I, I, I kind of went around a little bit, and I went to the surgeon. I said, listen, I were get, I'm getting an extra round of chemo because... They're feeling a tumor because mine was just underneath the skin. And um, I felt that I wasn't right. I wasn't right to give me an extra round. I mean, they wanted to give me two extra rounds, and it was called carboplatin chemo. And that, that first round kicked my butt for a month. I couldn't, I could, I had to be very careful, could not pick up any infection because I had very, very, very low immune system. Um, so I got around, I got, a, I went around my own. My oncologist went to my birth surgeon, and through her, I got I got an ultrasound, which revealed that I had no tumor left. And this was, um, I would say, a month or so before I finished chemo. So, and you know, she at the end of it, she did tell me I was right. But you know, you 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 know your body best, and you have to be your own advocate. And you can't through this whole process. I did realize that I mean, no matter what, anybody wants to push you one way or the other because they're afraid to lose you or whatever it is, you still have to make your own decision based on what you know and the your and how well you know yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so in your case, basically, you used oil more for for dealing with the side effects of chemo. No, I I threw everything at it. I someone said if I. 
if I heard that, you know, Pauline told me that I, uh, it would be, it would kill cancer cells and I have to believe it. And I, at the time I really didn't believe it. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. I'll look into our research. And I started to believe it. And, and I, but I decided to throw everything at it because I had the in, intense family pressure and I wasn't going to do it. I wanted to do cannabis first and I wanted to see if it would work. I wanted just to try it out for a few months and my family pushed really hard and they were very afraid and they didn't believe in cannabis. And I, at the time I didn't, I just started to learn about it myself. So I wasn't a believer yet. Um, so I decided, well, you know, that I'm going to do all of it because something's going to have to work. Um, now I just, my only regret is I wish I would have waited a little while just to see, because you could always, I had time, especially when you're early stage, mm -hmm. you have a little bit of time. You don't have to, you can't start, you don't have to start chemo right away. And they do want to push you right away. Like you're a live fish. They want to hook you on fast. You don't have, you don't have to start chemo right away. You can wait a month. You have a, at least a month to decide what you want to do or two months or whatever it is, especially when you're early stage cancer doesn't grow i mean mine does grow fast but not even the fast growing cancers you still have time um so that's i think that's an important message to tell people you cannot let others push you around mm -hmm. i often say to people you didn't get cancer overnight you know i get yeah, i absolutely promise you you're not going to die tomorrow you right. know take some time right. take a few weeks take a month take a couple of months try the oil you can always go have chemo mm-hmm carmen what's, do, what's you know, the What's the attitude of your family towards cannabis now? Oh, my mother is on it now. <laughs> <laughs> my mother's the straightest arrow you'll ever meet. She's a Jehovah Witness and does not tell lies, does not keep your secrets. <laughs> she has a severe case of RA and I'm sure other things. And she was on the pill form of chemo as well uh, for RA at one point. And she became suicidal. She lost a lot of weight. You could see her chest bone it was it was really sad situation i finally just said 20 years ago i was telling her i heard that you can manage your pain with cannabis just i don't know maybe put it put in your soup or eat, make a tea i don't know i said look into it and she never did but when she saw how well i did and you know mind you at her age she's in her 60s at her age she's seen plenty of people go through cancer and chemo and including her own my own grandfather um and she saw how well i did and she said i'm gonna have to try this so I have her on it now, and she's doing really well. What did she have, Carmen? Severe case of rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's in, she's in severe pain. She's gone to the ER many times just to deal with the severe pain, and nothing helps. I mean, they just want to give you opioids. And, you know, there's a lot of side effects to opioids. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your dog, Carmen. Yeah, so this is when my husband believed on, on cannabis. Not for me, because I did really well on it. He didn't believe that it helped kill, kill the cancer, and, and I, I did, and he believes chemo did, and we're, you know, who, who knows? But the point is, I'm now, a, I can stand on a soapbox. I did, I did chemo, I did cannabis, I can start, stand on that soapbox, and I can talk about it. And I love that, because now, going forward, I do want to, I want to, I'm shifting my career. I was in sales and bartending before, and now I'm going back to school. I want to go into the medical cannabis field. I'd love to one day be able to have some type of program or talks or do something where I can help bridge that gap between the medical cannabis industry and the medical industry, because they shouldn't tell you, no, there isn't enough evidence. If you're, you have cancer, they should say, yes, whatever makes you feel good. If you sleep and you can eat what, you know, go ahead and do it, whatever you like to do. Um, so in terms of my dog, 
this was, I was in the last month of treatment. I was doing daily radiation um, and he stopped eating and he was about 15 years old. Shih Tzu lived 10 to 16 years old. He was 15 and he just stopped eating and I, and I would leave treats everywhere and the poor dog wouldn't touch any of them. And in a week and a half, he only ate four treats to sort of, I guess, appease me. And he dropped about half his weight. Now, he was only nine pounds, and he was down to skin and bones. You can feel his hip bones, his back bones, his shoulder bones. You could mm-hmm. feel it all. You could tell he was miserable. He just wanted to die. And that same day that I thought about putting him down, I also remembered that in my research on medical cannabis, I was on Phoenix Tears website, and it, they had this whole section on how to treat your animals with cannabis. And I didn't read it because I didn't have a sick dog. So I remembered that day, that, and I went and read it. It was quick read. I gave him everything I took, which was the RSO, CBD, THC. And mind you, he's a little tiny dog. So it, was a, it was a smear of the RSO. A day later, he ate all by himself. Five days later, he started running again. Six months later, he gained all his weight back. And a year later is when he made it to 16. He almost made it. To, he was a few days short of his 16th birthday when I put him down. But I, I read up on the dying process of an animal and so i knew the signs i knew it was coming and he he died of old ages he was dying i just shortened it by putting him down but the day of um that the the vet was coming she just said just keep him sedated give him extra pain medicine and i had pain pills from the vet's office that uh and he had arthritis so i had those pills and i give it to him and, and i did give him once uh the arthritic pain medicine and he almost had like a full-on body seizure where he was like twerking like sort of to the left, like a giant body seizure. And I just thought, okay, this medicine is not for you, kid. <laughs> so I just gave him more CBD for the arthritis. But on the day that I sed- meant to sedate him enough to keep him comfortable until the vet showed up, I gave him a triple dose of CBD because, you know, medical grade CBD. It's, it's like, um, I guess it's what it's called is RSO CBD. So it's a full plant extract. And, you know, it comes with like about 5% THC. So when you do a high dose on such a small dog, they, it does, does create the sedative effect. And he just kind of went to sleep. He looked very comfortable and he was breathing like very shallow, like very comfortable. And he was asleep and, um, and the vet came and she, she put him down and it was a good death for him. And I, he got to stick around an extra year you know, after after um, I thought he was going to die. And, and that's and that's the reason why my now my husband believed in medical cannabis. And he's the reason why my friend Jen, is, who's with stage four, is now refusing chemo and only doing RSO. It's, it's funny. Like, <laughs> my husband yeah. believed in the... In, in, in he just, I mean, when you just give somebody cannabis and that's it. I mean, that... that and see what happens. I think that should... That's your... You should be your first line of defense. That's a great story. That's a fabulous story about, uh, mm-hmm. about both of you and, and your dog. Would uh, mm-hmm. would your friend Jen be interested in doing an interview with us? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. She's all about it. I already told her. <laughs> uh, oh, good. You just send me the information and uh, we'll get in touch Will with do. it. That's yeah, she's, great. Uh, she's, uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful place to be in, um, it's a wonderful time to be alive because the medical industry is sort of getting wind of the medical cannabis industry, right? And now that studies are, are happening, it's, it's just a wonderful time to be alive because I would love to know how 
the science behind it. I have no idea how it works. Um, but I'm helping many other people out. I'm at my friend's house now. She has uh, severe PTSD. And I said, well, do you want to here try some of my CBD? And I gave her some of my full extract CBD. And she says, I feel calm. I don't feel angry. I didn't feel like crying. I slept great. And, you know, they're, they're also wanting to put her on Zoloft. I'm like, well, you, you know, you have options. That one has side effects. What are the side effects to here? She goes, nothing. I said, well, you know, maybe you want to go that route. Yeah, PTSD is, is really interesting because uh, of all the, you know, the hundreds of people that we've interviewed who've had uh, cancer and have been given a short time frame by doctors, that in itself is very, very traumatic to an individual. And yeah. uh, I mean, dealing with that mentally and emotionally is really, really tough. Agreed? That's what happened to Agreed. me. I haven't been right since. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we enjoy life a little bit more. You know, I always tell people, like, I, I don't know, you almost, it sounds weird to say, but I'm glad that cancer happened. It, it, it just sounds still weird to say, but um, it's sort of a reality check. It's a, you let go of all the stuff that you sort of complained about or felt, you know, you had a gripe with that you let all the negative go and you focus on the good and you it just gives you a zest to your life um and it, it's beautiful it's beautiful life is beautiful on this other side of cancer it, mind you if you get past the cancer part if you survive it right if you survive whatever treatment you choose um life is beautiful it, it's it's it was it's it was hard it was hard process to go through to have cancer to i mean you know Corey with because I, I read your first, I, I listened to your first, um, your interview, the first interview you guys did, and it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle emotionally, physically, and mm-hmm. you know, life is better on this side. Yes. <laughs> and it gives you an appreciation for life that you probably didn't have before. Would you say it? Absolutely. Yeah. You have to go through hell in order to come out the other side. <laughs> You do. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be that way with almost everyone we talk to. There's a new appreciation for, for life and living and enjoying life. And the little things that we complained about before uh, just fade away, mm-hmm. which is really nice. It is really nice. But it's also, I think, I think now that we've been, you know, for those of us who cannabis is saved it's our jobs to sort of just keep passing it forward whether we want to use our name or not you can just tell your neighbor you could tell a friend you can go on the internet you can you know there's many different ways to share the information you just have to keep spreading the good word because you know like Corey's having trouble with with the um with the shadow with the facebook shadowing um i mean there's many different ways people are trying to shut it down as well because they don't believe so you have to keep Spreading the good word. No, we've got a guy who posted a video of uh, Cannabis Health Radio, and uh, he was very, very critical of some of the interviews we did. And listening to him, I didn't listen to all of it, just I had a sense right at the beginning that he was a shill for the pharmaceutical industry. So I posted something, Mm. uh, a comment. I said, this suspiciously sounds like... uh, a shill from the pharmaceutical industry. He came back with a comment, but did not deny he was a shill for the pharmaceutical industry. Because I see cannabis as a huge threat to the pharmaceutical industry. 
because the side effects are only beneficial to you and nobody dies on it and you can grow your own. So yep. those are yep. those you can you can take your own medicine. So those are three things which are very I don't want to say detrimental to the pharmaceutical industry because the pharmaceutical industry has billions of dollars and they've invested in the politicians and the politicians will basically do what the pharmaceutical industry wants. So this guy spent a lot of time analyzing the interviews we did and was critical to the point where uh, he had to he had to be paid directly or indirectly, I suspect indirectly, by the pharmaceutical industry to attack what we're doing. Because Corey and I are the only people that we know of that are dealing with the medical side of cannabis. We don't deal with the business side. We don't deal with the recreational. If people want to smoke, uh, do recreational cannabis, that's fine. But we talk to people like yourself who have gone through a very serious health issue and have used cannabis and have come out the other side with a new appreciation for the plant and for life. And uh, I think it's, it's, you know, there's going to be many, many years before cannabis is legalized throughout the United States. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, can, see the sh- um, I can see the shift. I, I'm very open when I talk about it to anyone who's willing to have an open conversation with it. And I've found that more people are actually using cannabis than they like to say they are. Uh, more people, be, it's just the stigma around it. However, it, I can also see a small, in terms of recreation, I can see a, a shift in people wanting to do cannabis instead of alcohol, which I think would be a better outlet. Um, so I, I, I think it's, it's going to be slow moving process because there is a lot of money in the pharmaceutical industry. I, I don't, I mean, as much as I'd like to see it happen in my lifetime, I don't think it will. Um, because, I mean, you look at the Canadian healthcare, you look at Mex- Mexico's healthcare, and by the way, Mexico just legalized it. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can see that. You can see, like, I can go to Mexico and have a dental filling done for $25 with the latest and greatest uh, machines available, where here in the U.S., your copayment, depending on the health insurance you have, or if you even have medical insurance, I, I, the medical insurance I had in the past in the U.S. is about $67, $72 a copayment just to get that same cavity filled. Mm. And on top of, I'm paying an insurance premium. So it's, uh, there's a lot of money in it. And because there's a lot of money, uh, I think it's going to be a very slow moving process. Yeah, I Um, agree with you. So, yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, states are trying, people are trying, but there's too much red tape around it. Carmen, uh, you have a wonderful story. I want to thank you for sharing it. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts? I would just say um, be open-minded. Be open-minded. When you have cancer or you have a severe case of something, whether it's diabetes or heart disease, just be open-minded and, and, and read up a lot and try it. You know, why not? It's your life. And why should there be some red tape around your life? Throw the, throw the rule book out the door and go, go try cannabis. Wonderfully said. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. 
Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate you, the both Carmen. of you. You helped me very much. I didn't feel alone in this whole process. Ah, uh, well, thanks. I appreciate you both. That was a great story from Carmen about uh, her breast cancer and how cannabis helped her. And one of the things that we look for in Cannabis Health Radio is people who have similar stories that uh, want to reach out and help others by telling their story about the medical use of cannabis. So if you have a story and you'd like to tell other people, contact us. Uh, Go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And in the contact uh, icon, you can send us the information and we'll get in touch with you. And if you'd like to contribute to Cannabis Health Radio, you can do it in two ways. One, you can make a one-time donation for as little as $5. And also, you can go to our Patreon page and make a monthly donation also for as little as $5. And to those who've done so, we greatly appreciate it. And if you're thinking of donating, please donate do so because we believe that our podcasts have great benefit to those people who are thinking of maybe using cannabis but aren't quite sure of it and so we'd appreciate that very much and we'd like to thank all of you for listening to cannabis health radio and we'll be back with another episode next week thanks for listening to cannabis health radio for more information and to search previous podcasts visit our website CannabisHealthRadio.com Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary. And I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.